Hi, this is Phil Ehart with the band Kansas, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. to be this is small town music this is big town music he's ahead of his time you know but he can't use it if only he could prove it well tomorrow's just a song away a song away a song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis and joining me today in the Zoom room, he's a founding member and the drummer for the legendary American prog rock band, Kansas, please welcome Phil Ehart. Phil, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing, Pat? Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Phil, we were supposed to do this last week, and you, and you gave me a, a quick telephone call. You had a little bit of a, a problem at your home. Uh, how's everything going there? Your, your house was struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those uh, southern storms that comes through. And, uh, man, it was packing some lightning. And, yeah, um, it actually hit outside in the yard and came into the house and uh, did some damage. It mainly just blew out the Wi-Fi for a while and phones and stuff. So it made communicating a little difficult. But uh, but nobody was hurt. Everything was okay. Well, that's, no problem. that's the most important thing. No one's hurt. Everyone's good. And yeah. you, you live in Georgia. I do. I live just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. The band's been based here for probably close to 40 years now. So when you say the band is based there, most of the members live there? Well, uh, yeah, over time, our crew is also based here. There's uh, three three of the members now live here and uh, with most of the crew. But uh, <clears throat> back in the 70s when we moved here, almost everybody lived here, so... It's, um, I mean, you know, we've been here so long that they inducted us into the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> you can believe that. I mean, you got to log some time to be named Kansas. <laughs> Absolutely. That was... and they, they, yeah, and they, and they bring you into the uh, Georgia Music Hall of Fame. It was a real, real distinct honor. <laughs> that really caught us off guard. It was uh, just look up sometime who's in the uh, Georgia Music Hall of Fame. It, it's pretty cool. Well, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. You have two two states that are embracing you big time, Kansas and Georgia. But uh, but really, the whole country we're we're embracing uh, the music of Kansas. We've been doing so for forty six years. When I say that number, what does that feel like for you, Phil? It makes my back hurt. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, well, <clears throat> it, you know, it's it's not something I really pay a lot of attention to. It, it's. Uh, it's my job and something I've been, you know, playing drums since I just got out of high school. You know, it was the kind of thing that I've just, um, I, I don't know. It's just been such a part of my life, music and the band Kansas, that uh, when somebody says, wow, it's been 20 years, you go, really? And then, dude, it's been 30 years. Really? It's been 40. It's been 46. You know, it's, um, I, I guess I'm just happy to, happy to still be here. Well, yeah, I would say so. When you get to do something that you love and uh, it's then it's not a job, it's not work. Not that it's, you know, not that it's not difficult, but uh, but when you're doing something that's fun, you love it and you love to go to work, I'm sure. So yeah, right right no, now with the right now with the lockdown, 
you guys are not, uh, you're not out there, you're not on tour, and yet you have a brand new album. So the way you're promoting it is to do things like this. Well, definitely. Yeah, we, we appreciate you, you know, giving us a chance on something like this. This is kind of all we have. You know, this album was, uh, you know, recorded, you know, long before this came along. And then we had the release all planned and all of a sudden, boom, everybody's sitting at home. So we're kind of glad that that we have something out there that the fans can listen to and that we can pay attention to and not just sit and stare out windows. You know, it's something that we can that we can do. Well, the great thing about it is uh, as a fan, we can uh, we can really listen and 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 know this music. So by the time you do get on the road, when you play some new songs, we're going to embrace those. We're not going to get up and go to the restroom. <laughs> we're going to embrace yeah, them this uh, time. Yes. Well, yeah, that's that's what we hope. We, the the uh, the main thing is that we can get out there and play. That still remains to be seen. Eventually, eventually you guys will definitely be out there. Uh, currently, now I've I've counted members of Kansas past and present. I think I've counted 15 members. I, I could be off by one or two members, but uh, but you guys have had a lot of um a lot of people come and go over the years, but you and Rich Williams, you guys are holding it down. You guys are locked into the Kansas name and you're flying that flag, um, I assume, forever. <laughs> well, n- never assume anything <laughs> in, in this band. And, you know, it's uh, it, it is what it is today. And we hope hope it stays like this. Yes. Now, would, we it, do. would it be safe to say, are you are you and Rich, are you guys best friends? I mean, you guys have been there since the beginning. And you're still we haven't talked to we haven't talked to each other in probably five or six years i'm kidding it's a joke um no i mean richard and i went to high school together we played in our first band together when we were like 16 years old it was a band called the pets and i think that was 66 67 something like that and um that's how, how long we've known each other and played in the same bands and I mean, it's uh, yes, we're we're very good friends. We 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 don't even have to speak to each other. He just looks at me, and I look at him, and we somebody says something, and we kind of think the same thing. You know, it's it's um, it's a it's a very good friendship. Yes. When there's Kansas business to be done, though, the management duties is what I take care of. Okay. And do you like doing that? Do you like knowing um, where the bottom line is and and what's happening and and you know, um, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's something I, I went into with my eyes open, but I mean, it was the kind of thing I never started out to be the manager of Kansas. It was one of those things that we just had, uh, a managerial opening that, uh, kind of happened after our, our, uh, really great manager, Bud Carr, uh, moved into some other, other, uh, career opportunities. And I just told the guys, I said, look, until we get a real manager, you know, I'll handle the day-to-day stuff until we get a real manager, and that was 32 years ago. So, <laughs> well, so yeah, it uh, it's it's worked out fine for us. I'm not sure I'd recommend it uh, to anybody else, but it's it's worked great for us. Well, Bud Carr must have been a solid guy. You probably learned from the best. I, he... Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, I mean, to this day, I mean, we just talked last week. <laughs> we talk all the time, and uh, best of friends, and. Uh, uh, we owe so much of our career uh, to Bud and what he did for us. Uh, I think he came along in the third album, I think, Mask. And uh, for the first couple albums, we had no manager. Wow. So we just kind of slugged it out on our own. But then Bud came along and 
he was actually our booking agent. And uh, Don Kirshner offered him a spot as our manager, and he jumped on it and and uh, was a, a, a great manager and, and still is a, a, a great business mind and a, and a good friend. Excellent. That's good because, you know, you hear so many stories that are the opposite of what you just said. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that's how it worked out for you guys. Sure. Yeah, it was. And it is. So the current members of the band, I'm going to run through them. I might mispronounce some last names. And when I do, please correct me. But we okay. have Phil E. Hart on drums, Rich Will Williams on guitar. Uh -huh. Then we have Billy Greer on bass. Yeah. Tom Brislin on piano. Uh -huh. David Ragsdale on violin. Yes. Uh, Ronnie Platt on lead vocals. Yes. And then the next guy, this is the one I'm going to have trouble with. Zach Rizvi. You got it. Yeah, just the way it's spelled. All right. Rizvi. Zach Rizvi yeah. on guitar. Okay, excellent. Mm -hmm. That's the current band. That's also the band on the new album called Absence of Presence. This is your 16th yeah. studio album. Um, the title Absence of Presence, who came up with that title? Um, I hate to make the interview boring, but that would be me. <laughs> That's not boring. You're still on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and get off this guy. When, you know, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was me. <laughs> and here, when I, you, I'll let you explain in a minute. I'm going to tell you how I interpret that oh, title. The, for me, yeah. the Absence of Presence is... We are always on our phones. We're always, our faces in the computer. We're doing anything but connecting face-to-face -face with people in 2020. Yeah, you read that in one of my interviews, didn't you? I did not read that in one of your interviews, no, I I'm promise. Kid, I'm kid. No, I'm kidding. No, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It uh, is. In, in most respects. But yes, that's uh, over the years of sitting in airports, as, as phones came into fashion, I just noticed that. You know, there'd be hundreds of people sitting there. They're all on their phone or computer or iPad or whatever. No one's looking at each other. No one's speaking to each other. Nobody's, they're there, but they're not really there. Right. And that's one of the verses in the, uh, you're there, but you're not, you're here, but you're not really there. You're there, but you're not really here. It's one of the verses in the song. And it's, um, it's just something that, you know, 20 years ago, all those people would have been speaking to each other. And uh, now it's... Uh, it's different. There's, there's, yeah, it's very different. Very different. So that's where the title came from. And of course, a lot of people, interviewers and stuff have said, well, has it had anything to do with the pandemic? No, no, that that title was around two or three years ago. So it, uh, it, it just happened to kind of, you know, a, a lot of people think somehow I have some sort of crystal ball that I'm looking into. No, no, it was, it's just by chance that it, uh, that this has all happened with a title like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe the pandemic is, uh, is going the opposite of that because I know being locked up, uh, uh, that sounds like a negative term being uh, quarantined with my, with my wife and kids, we've had uh -huh. a lot more time to, um, engage and, you know, you know, family game night, family movies and, and all that good stuff. Sure. So, um, yeah. so yeah, yeah, the, the pandemic has, um, not strengthened the absence of presence per se. No. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree. Well, the title track is great. I love it. It kicks off the album. I can see reflections drifting into space. Always through a mirror, never face to face. 
are still just killing it how does a kansas album come about is it planned or is it just all of a sudden someone says we need to make some new music what's the what's the gestation period for a new kansas album because i think it's been four years since the last record yeah it, it's um we've been uh, we work really hard on the road you know we tour a lot and um Recording is something that we like to do, but it's not really something we like to do as much as playing live. So our record company kind of reminds us, okay, guys, it's been three or four years now since your last one. It's time for another one. And so uh, I let the guys know, need to start working on a new album, start writing and stuff. Uh, We're going to start recording on this particular time. And then we're going to, the album's going to come out at this time. And then guess what? we're back on the road again. So that's kind of the way it's always been for us. It's uh, just gig and play and travel and do what we do and then kind of shoehorn an album in there somewhere. So, uh, and of course, when you're selling millions of records, like we were in the 70s and 80s, the pressure to record is a little bit more intense. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Album tour, album tour. Yeah, yeah. And we did that for about nine or ten years. And uh, finally we just said, okay, we're taking a break for a few years. So we did. But um, so that that's really how it works. It's always kind of in the back of everybody's mind. Uh, and, and I'm probably speaking for a lot of musicians. A lot of albums are written on the road, whether it's in the hotel rooms or everybody's working on something in the backstage or, you know, it's uh, people sitting in in a bus or rental cars or whatever, riding to the next show, people are writing lyrics and stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of ongoing. It's, and then because everybody's aiming to that particular date that we're going to go in and start going through songs and deciding on which ones we're going to record and which ones we're not. Then we do that and then we record it and then it comes out and then we hit the road again. So it's, it's uh, rather mundane you might say. I mean, it's <laughs> has a bit of the same old, same old to it, but right. but it's uh, it's exciting, and especially when it comes out, when the record comes out, and you get the response from people and from friends and people like yourself. You know, it, it's it's always nice to hear that people like what we're doing, and and we've had a few that people didn't like what we were doing, but that's always entertaining too. <clears throat> so you know, it's uh, we're just we're just happy to have the opportunity to be doing this for this long and still have a, a label like inside out. That's uh, a, a Sony subsidiary, subsidiary. And so it's, it's something that we enjoy. Well, that's enjoy that, doing it and, and glad we have the opportunity. Well, it, what was cool is whether you said the record company is, is calling and saying, Hey guys, I think we need a new record. Sometimes, uh, 
bands that have been around for as long as you guys have, you don't even have a label. And so you have to make a, you have to make the album You're and, right. then, and then go out and hustle to try to get someone to release it. So it's nice no. to know that Inside Out is uh, in your corner. They are, and very much so. Uh, very much so. So it's, it's the kind of thing that uh, we're just very happy to be in this spot. Unfortunately, it's a, at a time period where we can't play or perform or even go somewhere where there's more than a few people together. So it, um, it's just something that we kind of have to ride out right now. Well, some of the, uh, some e- of the tra- everybody is actually, everybody is true. Yeah. Uh, one of the tracks I'm really enjoying on the new record is memories down the line. First, we should call a truce this time. Ronnie Platt yeah. sounds amazing on this. Now, Ronnie's been in the band for a while. He, um, he, About he, six years. And he took over when uh, Steve retired for the second uh-huh. time. How did you yes. guys find Ronnie? Uh, Ronnie was, um, had appeared to us a couple times at gigs as, you know, through friends. Uh, I had uh, seen his uh, YouTube uh, at a gig where he's singing uh, the wall, a song of ours and stuff. And we were aware of him. Okay. But once Steve let us know that he was retiring, our interest in Ronnie uh, picked up and then we called him to come meet, meet us. And he did, and we hit it off. And then we came back later and, and uh, we did rehearsals and he sang with us and, and it was fairly pain, painless actually, you know, having him, you know, step in. He did such a great job and had been singing Kansas songs for a long time. So, so that's a plus. It was, yeah. Yeah. Really. He was a good guy. He was a really good guy and a Midwestern guy and, and uh, fit in perfectly. And it's been great for the last six years. I'd assume that getting along with the person is just as important as him being able to sing the Kansas catalog night after night. Oh, no, no, no. It's more important. It's more important. Oh yeah. Because you're stuck, you know, and, you know, in, in a plane with this person or in a car or, you know, traveling in hotels everywhere, you know, you're around this person all the time. And it's, it's very important that there's a chemistry there. You kind of share the same, you know, sense of humor and just things that in life that, um, you know, because you're just around each other, it's a relationship. It truly is a marriage, um, of, uh, of being with people that much for, for that long. So it's actually more important. A person can have a great voice and just kill it, but if they don't fit in, it's hell. It's, yes. It's, it's total it's freaking death. hell. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just like being married to somebody that you're just kind of going, okay, what was I thinking? And so it's, it's just, 
it, it's more important. The getting along with everybody in the band is uh, that's key. Really uh, paramount. That's key to your sanity. It, well, it is. Yeah, which leads to songwriting and being on stage yep. and all that kind of stuff. You know, it affects it affects the whole operation. Are you guys? Are you have you been in touch with the guys since uh, we've been uh, in quarantine? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, we talk to each other every once in a while, and and uh, how you doing? How you doing? Good. How's it going? I don't know how you doing. <laughs> just you know, just checking in with each other. I mean, it's not weekly, but sure. yeah, we have. Because you know, eventually you're going to be back on the bus with these guys and uh, and driving well, each other we'll crazy. See. Yeah, I mean we we kind of knew we kind of thought that at first, but it's not happening. It's, it's not uh, happening quickly. But it'll happen okay. eventually, right? You're saying that. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Well, fingers crossed. You're saying that too. That's good. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on all of those. So yes, we're all hopeful. All hopeful. It Perfect. Will, it will come come around the corner, and everybody will get back on the road, and off we go. So very very hopeful. Yes. Okay. Another great track on the album is "Animals on the Roof." playing on this track is is very impressive how how has your you're welcome how has your playing style differed as you've gotten older because for my for me sometimes in, in, a, in a rock band uh the drummer's the first guy to go because that's mm -hmm. that's the physical you know slot in the yeah, band that's the, that's the that's the marathon everything yes yeah. exactly like the bass player can just kind of chill and guitar players and keyboard yeah, players what, what is that what is that anyone <laughs> but you uh <laughs> you drummers I'm, have to keep I'm, it together so mm -hmm. yeah, has your playing changed mentally, yeah, yeah exactly so has your playing changed as you've gotten older uh well you know I, I always ask the guys all the time i always tell rich look you know, anytime you look back there and I'm dragging or I'm, I'm not sweating or I look really pitiful, just take me out and shoot me. You know, I mean, it, I'm not aware, self-aware that much as to how I'm playing. I just know that I'm trying to give 110% every night. I need to break a sweat. I need to just play, you know, just give it my all. But sometimes it's difficult to step out of yourself mm -hmm. and see what's actually going so everybody's <laughs> you know uh rich is going yeah you're doing fine okay fine i'll ask the sound man i'll go you get <laughs> plenty of level on me i mean are you getting am i hitting them hard no man it's great of course i'm his boss so who knows what he'll say but no <laughs> that's I'm, true i'm kidding but anyway it's uh i guess i'm doing okay you know i'm i'm 
I feel fine. I feel fine. And, and uh, I'm just going to keep going as, uh, as long as it seems to work. I'm enjoying myself and having fun every night. So um, I get back up there night after night and do the best I can. So well, it's... I, I don't know. It, it, I'm kind of the wrong guy to ask. But what, what's happened as far as my style is concerned is the change in the Kansas music. Mm-hmm. That, that's the stuff that dictates my style. And uh, so I know I'm not the exact same drummer I was when I started out, which is probably a good thing. And uh, But the, the music has changed so much over the last 40 or 45 years or whatever. And, and your playing has to fit the different styles of the different writers that we've had in the band, you know. So it, uh, it, it keeps me thinking, keeps me on top of stuff. When you look at the set list every night, uh-huh. which is the song that that makes you sweat the most? Which is the one where you're like, okay, here we go. This is the one. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I don't think there's one. I mean, there's some that are more mentally challenging. Okay. Like uh, Song for America, which is uh, like a seven, eight, nine minute, um, many, many faceted uh a long song, you might say. And uh, you have to pay attention. A lot of different time signatures, a lot of different moods, and and uh, of that song. So you have to, you just can't sit back and kind of groove. There's no groove. <laughs> it, it's change. It's changing all the time. And the problem with that song is if you miss something, you're dead. You're, yeah. you're, I mean, it goes by you so fast that you've got to you know be on top all the time because you're not going to catch up with it. It's going to but you know you might get back in a couple minutes later but uh, yeah that one's mentally you know physically um there's a song off of uh, point of no return called uh, paradox
Paradox just smokes. It, it's a very fast song with a lot of moving parts, and it, it's, um, it, you know, again, it's, uh, it, it's very doable, but it's just something that, you, again, Kansas music, you really have to pay attention to. It's just, it's, uh, it's fun, but you can't have too much fun. <laughs> it, it'll blow right by you, so... So yeah, it, there's quite a few songs like that, but but also the songs like the wall. You know, there's songs that are much. They're not fast. They're not complicated, but they really have to be the right tempo. They have to be the right feel. They have to, you know, they're very expressive songs. The lyrics are everything about a song like the wall. And it rises now before me, a dark and silent barrier. Pass beyond is what I seek I fear that I may be too weak And those of you who've seen it through To glimpse the other side The promised land is waiting Like a maiden that is soon to be a bride The moment is a masterpiece The weight of indecisions in And, and you're supporting that, and you've got to be supportive. You can't overplay. Right. You can't get in the way of the singer and things like that. So there's just a lot of a lot going on in playing drums for Kansas. And but you know, happy. I'm happy to be there. No whining. That's for sure. No whining. That's good. No whining. Now, how do you feel, how do you guys how do you feel about the term prog rock? Do you do you mind that term being associated with Kansas? I mean, sometimes bands don't want to be pigeonholed as as one thing well uh, what i find interesting having been here since you know day one yeah with kansas is that term didn't exist when we started okay and well after the first album it didn't exist and then we did the second album and the third album and it still didn't exist right know? so it was one of those things we we kind of came in and the, the horse that we rode in on had nothing to do with the term prog rock. Um, we could maybe progressive or something like that, but we were from Kansas. I mean, it, 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 we didn't even know what that term meant. We had never even heard it, you know? So it, it's hard for us to take any claim to it uh, because the original band, we, we never even thought of ourselves in that term. Um, and, and we never thought of ourselves being, you know, and once the term did come out to us, it was more Genesis. You know, it was more Yes. Yeah. It was more ELP. It was more bands like that. Kansas, you know, we were a two guitar, a two guitar rock band. You know that that had a really really hard side to us, like Wayward Son. You know, I mean that it that's that's a guitar riff song that uh, is a big rock anthem, and it's the kind of thing that. Uh, so, you know, to compare us to those bands, we couldn't quite, we were very flattered to begin with <laughs> that anybody would even, you know, compare us yokels to guys like Yes and Genesis and things like that. Right. But, but I, I think it's just because we, 
we had different time signatures and keyboards and stuff like that. But those two guitars, Richard's guitar and Carrie's guitar, as well as the violin, really set us aside uh, with Steve's vocals and stuff like that from from those bands. At, at times, we're more like the Almond Brothers than we are like, uh, you know, a prog band. So it's, um, again, uh, prog for Kansas could be a spoke in the Kansas wheel. Okay. You know, that that's that's how I look at it. It's some of the songs fit that description, but are we a prog band? No. Yeah, see, when I was a... It, to me, anyway. To me, I don't feel that. When I was a teenager in the 70s and 80s, I never felt that you guys were a prog rock band. I just thought you were a hard rock band or, or just a rock band. But then yeah. as I got older and people started to you know, refer to you as a prog rock band. Then I started to kind of listen a little more deeper than I did when I was a teen. And then I was sure. like, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess they do have elements of that, but, um, we do have elements. yeah, but yes, I never, right. I know I liked, I liked how you said it's a spoke, but yeah, I never felt that you guys were a, uh, were a prog rock band, but I, I'm glad that you, uh, you clarified that for us here. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So you brought up the song, carry on wayward son. And so yes. since you brought it up, I want to, I will talk about it right now. Sure. This is one of the greatest songs of all time. And here's why, here's why I'm going to say, I'm kissing your butt a little bit, Phil, but here's the deal. I have heard that song almost my entire life. You know, since I was, uh -huh. you know, in 12 or 13, I've heard this song. I never get sick of it. It is solid from beginning till end. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you There's no filler in it. There's no fat. Everything is there for a reason. And it, it is just, it's a, such a stellar tune. Oh my God. It's amazing. Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher Yeah, Carrie, Carrie outdid himself on that one. He uh, and I don't know if you ever heard the story, but it almost didn't make it on the album. That is ridiculous. So tell me how how that happened, or almost didn't. Well, happen. we were, you know, we had gone into to write Left Overture, and uh, well, Carrie had written it, and and um, 
And so we went into the, into the rehearsal studio just to learn the songs before we took off to go record them. Of course, we had to learn them and, you know, make changes to whatever needed to be made or whatever. And so we went in, in Topeka, into a rehearsal space there. And, um, and we had worked up all the songs for Left Overture. And uh, we were packing up our gear. We were actually packing up our gear. And Kerry walked over to me and he goes, Phil. And I go, yeah. He goes, um, I got one more song. <laughs> I said, Kerry, we've got it. We've, we've got the album. I mean, we've already, because remember back in those days, you only had about 30 minutes on an LP. You had 15 minutes on one side and you had 15 minutes on the other. Right. There were limitations so like, how much could be yeah. on the vinyl. Yeah. You could only, you know, have so many songs. And I said, well, um, I don't know. He said, well, I'd like you guys to hear it. And I said, well, let's do this. When we get down to uh, down to Bogalusa, down in Louisiana, when we record, why don't we work up the song and let's everybody see what they think? He goes, okay. So that was that. And we got down there and uh, and we worked it up. And everybody's kind of looking at each other, kind of going, uh, wow. And we <laughs> went ahead and, and we learned it and we recorded it. And, um, and as our producer, Jeff Glixman said, he looked at me and he said, you know, if Wayward Son wasn't us, I would think it's going to be a huge smash. <laughs> but the problem is it's Kansas, you know, we, we're not known for our hit songs, you know, but it was, um, it was very obvious. And, uh, when Steve added that acapella beginning, uh, of the voices just singing by themselves, that was the the stamp on it and everybody just got out of the way and it came out and off it went and you know but uh, you think you've heard it a lot you gotta play <laughs> that song every night you know and it kicks butt every night and it's a lot of fun and the, as soon as those acapella vo vocals begin the crowd goes oh insane my god they go crazy and the band kicks in and and it's uh it's a riot i mean that is an incredible song to play every night and everybody has fun it's not something you get sick of because it's it's somewhat musically demanding somewhat yeah i mean you have to pay attention and and the vocals and stuff and uh uh crowd crowds love it around the world you know around the world so we're very fortunate to have something like that and it's uh it's, thank you thank you carrie Livgren. and it's literally that is, that is the big breakthrough song it's the single is, the yeah. single sells four million copies Mm -hmm. It yeah. goes, it goes to number 11. It's, it's five and a half minutes long, which is not the typical length for a no. song that goes, you know, to number 11. Right. But, but that's no, the power of the song because it doesn't yeah. feel like it's a five and a half minute song because yeah. you are into every single portion yeah. of that song. I had a, I had a, a, a guy ask me one time, he said, um, are you familiar with how many drummers have tried to cover uh, wayward son? I go, what? And he said, you've been on YouTube. And I said, well, yeah. I said, just put in sometime Wayward Son, Wayward Son drum cover. I kind of went in one ear and out the other, but I was sitting <laughs> home one time and I thought, okay, oh my gosh. <laughs> it just goes, you know, uh, section after section after page after page after page of all these drummers playing Wayward Son. And most of them do a really good job. You can tell they're having fun. And there's, you know, little tiny kids playing it, and there's old people playing it, like me. And, you know, there's, <laughs> there's all kinds of uh, people, uh, you know, uh, males, females, all kinds of ethnicities. Everybody's playing the song and having a blast. And 
I don't know. I, I think that's pretty darn cool. That is cool. Yeah. Now, the, ti- the title of the album was Left Overture. That's kind of a, a funny play on words. Who came up with the title for that album? Yeah, I think, well, we were kind of knocking it around. I think Dave Hope, our bass player, was the one because it was a song, uh, actually Magnum Opus, which is the really long song on Left Overture, uh, was going to be called something to do with leftovers or something like that. And, the, and because it was a, a song made up of a lot of leftovers from songs and, and the album was going to be called Magnum Opus. But that song turned out to be so long, and so we decided to call that Magnum Opus. And then we were knocking around titles, Leftover, and Dave said, you know, Leftoverture. And we're like, whoa, that, that's it. You yeah, know, it's, so. pretty per- it's pretty great. It's a great title. But yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great title. Yeah, it's a great title. Very uh, unlike any other title I've ever heard. So, so yeah. Yeah, it worked out fine. Now, I want to I go back to the beginning. I want to go back to 1974, Kansas. I want to give a shout out to the original, all the original band members. We, uh-huh. have, uh, we have you on drums. We have Rich on guitars, Dave Hope on bass, Carrie Livgren on guitars and keyboards, Robbie Steinhardt on violin and lead vocals, Steve Walsh lead vocals and, and keyboards. Now, yeah. 1974, the self-titled album, Kansas, um, you guys have a little bit of an image problem back then. No. Because. <laughs> no. Who told you that? The album cover is pretty cool. Who is that gentleman on that album cover? What's the history of, of that person? That's, that's John Brown, the famous abolitionist uh, from the Civil War. And um, it was that, that is a painting in the Topeka Capitol building. Okay, and, cool. Uh, you, 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 need to, you need to get our our documentary. Well, I have seen your documentary, but the yes. re- sometimes Phil, I might ask a question I know the answer to because the no, li- that's fine. The listeners I'm, might I'm, not know. I'm kind of saying that so I mean, I guess I was being kind of inclusive with everybody. Okay. You meaning everyone needs to see Kansas Miracles out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's the kind of thing that uh I I had gone into the uh Capitol building on some high school field trip or something. And I remember standing there and, and this thing is about 20 or 30 feet tall. Wow. That, that, that guy is gigantic. And, you know, maybe he's not that tall, but he seemed like he was in, when I was in high school. And, um, and I thought to myself, you know, if I ever, if I ever have an album cover, if I ever get to be in a band and have an album cover, that's going to be it. And um, that's, that's where it came from. And that happened. And it's still there to this day. And a lot of Kansas fans go there uh, to see that uh, to see that painting. It's pretty awesome. Was it hard to but get that's the, our album cover, yeah. Was it hard to get the rights to that photo for the album cover? 
Uh, not really. I think it cost us fifty bucks. <laughs> Perfect. The, the, Perfect. Yeah, the state the state charged uh, at the time of CBS Records, um, you know, fifty dollars to use it on the album cover and stuff like that. And the uh, John Stewart Curry um, is the painter, I think, and uh, his estate had to sign off on it that they didn't mind it being you know on the cover and stuff. So you know, we had to do some legwork, but sure, but. Um, and it seemed to fit the name Kansas. Sure, which, absolutely. You know, throws enough curves at people when they hear the name and then when they hear our music, like, what the heck? You know, so it's talk about image. We not only had, you know, visual, but also audio image problems when people hearing us and connecting us to the name Kansas. So it wasn't easy getting started, I'll tell you. It was uh, and a lot then, of uphill work. And the documentary is it, it's great. And uh, a friend of mine, Dave, David Wild, is in the documentary. And, oh yeah, and uh, you know David? Yeah, he's a friend of mine. And oh, uh, Garth Brooks is in it. He's not a friend of mine, but he's cool too. Yeah, and and uh, Brian May. Brian May from, from Queen. Queen. Can't get yeah. better. You can't get better than those three guys in your documentary. Yeah, no, we did we we did okay with them stepping up and saying some nice things about us. So so yeah. So it, the, it is. It was a good documentary. We were very proud of it. The the image for me, uh, the image problem is you f- you flip over the first Kansas album and, and you guys look like ranch hands. You don't look like <laughs> you guys don't look like musicians. I like that. It's fun. I've it would, never it, heard that. But <laughs> that's but not applied to us. Well, that that came straight from that came straight from me, Phil. I'll take all the credit. But no, um, no, please do. Yeah, I was please just. Do. I'm just like it. It it still cracks me up when I f- turn over that album and see you guys. I'm like. How did these guys Lucky, break yeah. through? I mean, obviously, <laughs> your musical chops uh, were strong, but uh, it's, you know, so much of it's music. Don, it, you know, the thing is, Pat, it, it was Don Kirshner. A monolith stands alone, and so does Kansas, as one of America's high-energy bands. Managed by Bud Carr, band members Kerry Livgren, an award-winning guitarist and composer, songsmith and vocal giant Steve Walsh, the intense violinist and vocalist Robbie Steinhardt, Solid, dependable rhythm guitarist Richie Williams, smoking bassist Dave Hope, and dynamic and creative drummer Phil Ehart, Kansas is a band to be reckoned with for many years to come. Here's the platinum band, Kansas. The, the guy had a weekly nationwide television show. That's true. Every Friday night, you know, you get on it, and, and we, we were on there two or three times. So, I mean, that is huge. Uh, for you know guys like us coming out of Topeka we didn't come out of LA or Chicago or New York or Nashville it was Topeka right and he he got us on there and 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 we got like two or three songs each time it wasn't like we were just on and he you know just played a little section I mean we, we were playing six and seven eight minute songs on there and in their entirety and uh and man it caught on and and we got right on to tours with uh with queen and and with bad company and and uh, all kinds of bands that were going out there at the time i mean we did 40 some dates with queen wow you know and those queen was just breaking at the time and we were their opening band so we got an awful lot of exposure quickly and uh and kept doing that year after year obviously after a while Uh, we got i think as far as mask with don kirshner i think we got three albums in there with him on his show and then the show started to wane but then left overture hit with wayward son so uh, we had played so much and planted so many seeds around this country 
that uh, when Wayward Son hit, everybody knew who we were. I mean, they had seen us at one show uh, or another, you know. So, but Don Kirshner was really the guy that that broke the band. I mean, and it's uh, he took a chance with us that we couldn't figure it out either. We looked on the back of that album cover, <laughs> you know. I wonder what Don's going to think. And like Rich said in our documentary, Don Kirshner, when he met us in person, was probably thinking, "What are we thinking? You know what? What did we do? What did we get ourselves into? You know?" Right. And and uh, that's true because these guys were big. I mean, Rich and Robbie and Dave and Carrie were all over six feet, six two, yeah. six three, and, and husky and, dudes. Uh, yeah, big guys. You know. And uh, so Steve and I were always the little guys, and we kind of hid behind those four guys but you know it was one of those things that uh yeah overalls and cowboy hats and cowboy boots and jeans and t-shirts yep it, it, that it was, was it. a different uh, yeah that was a different look <laughs> and just to just to specify the show you were referring to that was don kirshner's rock concert and that's where yes. that's where bands they would play live it wasn't like um bandstand where you came out and would lip sync no. your song no this it was, this it was, was a rock brutally, concert yeah yeah it was brutally raw and uh, love that show and you yeah and you better know what you're doing because it's going to stick out if you don't and we were we were, uh, you look back at that stuff and the band was smoking. Yep. It was smoking. So the first Steve album. Steve Walsh. I mean, I mean, you, you listen to Steve Walsh sing on those shows. There's no auto tune. No. There's no, no. He's just sitting there and Robbie too. Both of them just sitting there. Well, Robbie was standing. Steve was sitting at his Hammond and just impeccable vocals. I mean, you just go, God, those guys could sing. You yeah. Know? The, the talent and, shines through for sure. It does. Uh, yeah. Yeah, at least it did then. So the first album, yeah. the first album, it goes gold eventually. That's amazing. Uh huh. Sure. And uh, the first single is uh, "Can I Tell You." Can I tell you something? I got to tell you one thing. If you expect the freedom that you say is yours, prove that you deserve it. Help us to preserve it. Or being free will just be words and nothing more. That's a song co-written by you. So, yeah. Tell me about yeah. tell me about you as a songwriter. Do you bring? It won't take. It won't take long. <laughs> well, I was wondering. Do you just contribute to other people's songs, or do you actually have ideas sometimes that you bring to the table? Oh, I definitely have ideas. You know, <laughs> it's 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 uh, lots of times it's just beats. I'll okay. come up with a beat, and the songwriter will take it and turn it into a, a song, and. Uh, and more recently, in the last few years, I've, uh, as one of the guys said, I've become a titleist. <laughs> I didn't know if I was a, a golf ball or what, but a titleist because I come up with so many titles. Okay. And like on uh, the last album we did before this one, I had like six or seven titles. I think I have four titles on this album, including the album title and stuff. So I just come up with a lot of titles and sometimes beats parts stuff yeah so i mean i'm involved but i'm not really i'm not a song writer okay. you know i just come up with stuff and people get you know get uh, they, they just hear it and 
go, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Let me see what I can do with it. And, and they do stuff with it. So, so you, yeah, you bring, uh, you bring a title and beats and then these guys will actually form a song around your title and, and work yes, that title will, into the song. Yeah. And what the title, usually it inspires the lyrics. Gotcha. You know, even going back to, you know, point of no return. was uh, on that album was my title and stuff and and uh steve wrote the song really based around the album cover which came from the title of the album and stuff like that that's why you see my name is on point in our return because he used it as the title of the song and stuff like that which is cool and uh and point of no return is k-n-o-w yes it is yes our our manager bud carr through that, through that. And he said, that ought to be K-N-O-W. I went, okay, I don't care. And, uh, whatever everybody likes. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just stuff that I throw out there and people use it or they, or they don't. Well, the uh, point of no return, the song we were just talking about that, that goes to number 28. Mm-hmm. And then, cause I, I've jumped ahead now to 77 real quick since we, since sure. we brought up and then dust in the wind, this is your biggest charting single. Written by Carrie Livgren, goes to number six, top ten. Top ten across across a lot of formats. Yes, I mean, it went to cross country and uh, AOR and you know hit radio, top forty radio. I mean, yeah, it, it went everywhere. I'm going to tell you a story about Dust in the Wind. My uh, okay, my okay. wife my wife wanted to get a piano this past Christmas, and I said uh-huh. I said then yeah get one. So um so she gets it and she's been learning songs, and she came across Dust in the Wind. And I'll just let you know, uh, Kansas music and, and just the music I like in general isn't really what my wife likes, Okay. but she found dust in the wind 
and she learned okay. to play it on piano. And she said, she said, do you know this song by Kansas, Dust in the Wind? I'm like, yes. What do you mean do I know it? Are you kidding? She's like, these lyrics are beautiful. She said, I, this is, I love this song. So, so you got a new fan, Phil. Good. <laughs> and it's, and it's, and again, it's totally not in her wheelhouse of things that she likes and she loves yeah. it. So that's just, well, dust in the wind is a, is it's a special. Very, it, it is again, a very incredible, uh, song by Carrie Livgren. And, and, um, yeah. It, and again, it's one of those every night when Richard starts the song out, the place just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the song. Everybody knows the lyrics. It's, uh, we're very fortunate to have that. Have two songs like that. You got you. You guys have more than two songs like that, Phil. But but well, I, I, I understand I, what you're saying. I think what the Eagles have. Well, yeah, I mean they've got probably twenty <laughs> dust of the winds but and you, you, wayward songs. You, you know, guys have uh, you guys have three times as many songs and albums as the Eagles too. They're, I mean the Eagle. I'm not taking anything away from the Eagles. I love Eagles, but um, sure. but they're uh, you know your catalog is is vast. And you still guys, you guys still yeah. enjoy making new music, but I know what, I know what you're saying. Were you guys feeling any pressure after left overture when you went into the studio? Cause now, cause that's your big breakthrough album. And now yeah. is there, is there, is there big pressure to follow that oh. up? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it, you know, they always call it your sophomore effort, you know, even though it was our fourth and mm-hmm. fifth, it was one of those things that if you don't follow it, follow it up, you're gone. Most of the time, right? You'll slide, and you'll you'll become. That's what's known as a one-hit wonder. You have a big song, "Carry On Wayward Son," yay! And then <laughs> whatever whatever happened to those guys, right? You know? So with uh, and in between, um, in between "Wayward Son" and "Dust in the Wind" was "Point of No Return." Don't forget that song. That that did very well on radio. Also, absolutely, it didn't have, didn't have near the success of the others. But it was also uh, a, a large radio song just because of Wayward Son. Yeah, it was a big. Just, uh, it's a big FM staple, and it it's a killer. Yeah, it it did really well. So that kind of bridged. It went from Wayward Son to the song Point of No Return to Dust in the Wind. So it was uh, it was a three pronged punch there that really uh, that kept us on the airwaves. While and then then from that we turned into a major headliner. Right. We were able yeah. to play the, You're the, the normal arenas. The, yeah, arenas, stadiums. I mean, it it really uh, it really started going by then. Yeah. So once you have uh, left overture and point of no return, that that really solidify that that those two albums solidify that you're you're most likely going to be able to do this for as long as you choose to. I mean, sure. big yes, albums right. like that. Yes. Um, I want to talk about the. Um, Second album, Song for America. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the single that you guys released is Song for America. On the album, it's 10 minutes long. You have to do an edit of this for a single. You basically edit seven minutes out of the song. <laughs> Why did you guys even choose a 10-minute song to be the single? Uh, Pat, we had nothing to do with that. <laughs> it sounds insane that, to me. That, that, is, that is, you know, record company world. I mean, what was the song? What was it? What did we even do that to? For Song for America. Way 
song for America. Okay. Yeah, that's 10 minutes and long we in the album. About it, I mean, we were just aghast. You did <laughs> what? Yes, it, we're going to release Song for America. We've taken seven minutes out of it. Insane. Oh, well, I bet that's entertaining. Yeah, I bet that's and, great now. Yeah. And, and that's what Don Kirshner was trying to do. He was trying to get us on the radio. And, of course, that didn't work. No. And uh, so, yeah, that was just things that you sign over when you sign a recording deal, especially a band like us that has no clout and no, you know, no, we have no heavy-duty manager, nothing. They're going to do to our stuff whatever they want, and they did, and and they tried, and that's fine. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sometimes was, sometimes the choices are silly and, and you just yeah. roll with the punches. The um, Song for America, that album is the first time we see what is the Kansas logo. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. the follow-up, Mask, you guys don't use the logo on the on the album. No, it, no it's not you guys. <laughs> Sony, chooses, Sony chooses not to use the logo <sighs> that because just, they thought... They thought it was hard to read. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, we've had that. We've had that problem our whole career. Yeah, but well, that... I mean, even like recently, like a few years ago, we were out on a, a three-band shed tour, and uh, and uh, Live Nation told us, look, uh, you know, your, your logo's not working on the poster. We need to change your logo. I said, you're not changing the logo, guys. No. We've had... Uh, people can't read it. Yes, they can. Uh, yeah, okay. You guys can't read it. Everybody <laughs> else can read it. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've been up against that a long time. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. uh, when you have a great logo, you know, ACDC, Kiss, Cheap Trick, yeah. you, you got to use yeah. that logo. And you, and, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Chicago. Okay. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. And I, yeah. Great logo. And yeah, I'm glad you're telling me then that that, okay. wasn't, that wasn't your yeah, idea. No. We had enough stupid ideas that you can bring up that I will claim. <laughs> But, you know, some of those early ones, uh, that was the record company. So the the original lineup of the band, you you guys are together for seven studio albums. I mean, I guess that's the, I mean, people would call that the classic lineup. Sure. sure. And um, are you guys still friendly? Are you friendly with these? Are you friendly with these past? Uh-oh. Well, we just, you know, just a few years ago, we did the documentary. Yes. And to do that, you know, I had to call each guy. And talk to them about what it would be and what, you know, how I envisioned it. And hopefully they were on board with it and just going to tell the story. There's not going to be any drugs in it. There's not going to be any divorces or drunkenness or swearing. Or, we're just, we're just going to tell a story. And and everybody thought, that's great. Let's do that. <laughs> everybody jumped on board in about two seconds when none of that was going to be included. Good. So it was a story about these guys from Topeka who came out of Topeka, and and I said, we're going to end on point of no return. So we're going to start out at the bottom, we're going to get to the top of the mountain, and that's where it's going to leave us at the top of the mountain. What do you guys think? Great, love it. And it was great. Everybody showed up in Topeka, we did all our interviews together, and uh, we, we've all, uh, now I won't say we've always been friendly, okay. always, I mean, like any relationship like that, you're going to have ups and downs, but but overall, yes, today everybody is still uh, friendly uh, to one another. That's good to know. Now, yeah. I want to um, 
I'd like to fill in. No, some... no, 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 the original band is not getting back together. No, no, no. That's not, that's never quite, you know what? That's not, I never asked that question because. Oh, you wouldn't believe how many people ask that. Well, I, I, I'm sure they do, but I, I don't because when I, if you, if you guys just recorded a new album and you, you've been touring as this unit for so long, then this yes. is what, this is what's happening right yeah. now. And so you guys should be allowed to do that. Guys that have retired have chosen to retire. That's right. fine. You know, they said, you've had enough, going to retire. We do a, a bro hug. Hey, man, best of luck to you. And that's it. There, there's no hard feelings. But, you know, it's uh, the band has continued in other, in other incarnations. And that's that's what it is. And everybody's fine with that. Okay, cool. Now, I want to fill in. I want to fill in a little bit of the gaps that weren't in the documentary. But I don't want to know about divorces. And I don't want to know about drugs and drinking either. I just want to keep talking about yeah. music. So. Okay. 1979, you follow up uh, Point of No Return with Monolith. Yes. Uh, you get People of the South Wind is a great song. It goes to number 23 on the charts. Yeah. but it doesn't sell as, as much as the first two, but you guys are okay. Cause you're, you're solidified as arena rock stars right now. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, yes. you did you enjoy that album? Yeah. Yeah. Monolith uh, had some interesting tw twists and turns, you know, the band, the band's foundation was starting to shake at that time. Mm -hmm. The cracks were happening. And uh, for whatever reasons, the, everybody could kind of imagine the end coming in some sort of way. It was just starting to happen. So um, Monolith has a bit of pallor over it. When you listen to it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, and that's, that's that. And it's got a beautiful song closes out that album. Reason to be is fantastic. Oh, yeah. So long. Someone is waiting. I got They say that I'm foolish They say that I'm living in a fantasy Yeah, It's got, great. It's it got great, great highlights great on that album. It does. And who, who would think of an American Indian with, um, with a space helmet <laughs> it's, and it's, horns on it and stuff? It's a cool I mean, we, we got that cover and we just went, God, is that cool? It is or cool. I, I love that cover. I think it's really neat. Yeah. Like that... 
I remember yeah. as a kid, that one really jumped off the, uh, out of the rack for me. Cause I'm like, Whoa, what's, oh, yeah. what's going on the, here? The uh, logo and feathers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. That See, guy did a, that artist did a great job. That's what I like. The, the person yeah. used, used the logo, but he just, he added, yes. he added whatever yeah. elements were needed for that yeah. album cover. Yes. Uh, moving on yeah. to 1980, we get audio visions. Um, we did. The, the who's the guy on the who's the drawing supposed to be on the back of that album cover? Who there's, knows? There's like some crazy. And I, you got to remember, things are starting to shake a bit. Okay, within the so, band. Within the band. Okay, so you start to see some things that. What the heck is that? You know, just things that are, and some songs that are kind of like what? So it's it's uh, it's starting to shake. Okay, and yet the song "Hold On," which. First of all, this oh, it, it goes to yeah. number 40, and that's yeah. sad because th this song is way better than number oh. 40. Yeah. I mean, that's still, you, you know, you can say, well, that's a top 40 hit, and it is. And tell me just what you see. What have the years of your life taught you to be? Dying in so many ways Things that you dream of are lost Lost in the song is a great great song that deserved to go yeah. much much higher well, musical musical styles are starting to change too uh you know because we're now into the 80s is that correct yeah 1980 is audio audio vision so i mean di yeah, disco we're, we're, is in there a little bit yeah, still things are starting to change the big radio ballads and 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 what's interesting from my point of view is all our peers are starting to have the same problems yes they are hard you know, everyone all is the guys yeah. Everybody is now, you know, being top dog. You're not top dog anymore unless you're on MTV or that kind of, you know, what's that? And so it's the kind of thing that uh, st musical styles, uh, classic rock didn't, didn't exist at no, that time. So we were yet. just, we were called dinosaurs, Ugh. you know, and, and that's what we were labeled and we weren't new and happening. And then MTV came along and then, you know, with the hair gods, and mm -hmm. during the 80s, you have the hair god. Yep, you have the, the heavy that's, metal. That's not my yeah. term. That's, that's what they were called. Yeah, and, hair and bands. And after that, yeah, hair bands. And then after that, Nirvana comes along and completely destroys all the hair gods. They're gone. Yeah. You know, grunge is, and so by then, we're, we're buried deep, you know. And so that's, that's what you see in the music. That's what you see in the images and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But Kansas got a lot of airplay on MTV. Yeah, you did. And uh, then, with, with, with albums that are, you're about to mention. Yes. And, uh, and MTV saved us, yes. And you guys, um, you know, at this time, you know, prior to, uh, to 1982 Vinyl Confessions, I think you guys, there's a couple videos that you guys did. But yeah. you, you guys aren't really a video yeah. band 
I mean, it's just uh, not, not even kind of, not even yeah. kind of. Unless you're like, and you know, ZZ Top wasn't a video band, but they made, they, they found a thing yeah. that worked for ZZ yeah. Top. They, they still, figured that, they, they figured they that out. The girls, the girls and the cars. And the beards and the know? spinning guitars and, and you're in. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we didn't really have anything like that. No. We just did the best we could and happy to be there. But All right. Yeah. So 1982 vinyl confessions, uh, co-produced by Kansas and Ken Scott. And Ken, that's, uh-huh. that's, that's a great uh, coup for you guys. Ken Scott has worked with David Bowie and all kinds of people. How did you guys hook up with uh, Ken yeah, Scott? Yeah, the White Album, the, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's so an engineer with the Beatles. So, yeah, he was doing uh, Missing Persons at the time, and which was a big act for sure, big band, and a really good band. So, yeah, that was uh, interesting. But that was... Also, we'd moved into with John Elefante. Yes. Steve Walsh had uh, left the band. So things, again, as I said, the foundation is cracking. Yes. And, and, and uh, a classy thing inside this album in the liner notes, it says, thanks to Steve Walsh for 10 years. And so yeah. me as a fan, when I read something like that, I, I feel, oh, okay, no hard feelings. Steve wanted to do his thing, but the band still wants to be a band. So, sure. so you get John yeah. Elefante. Do you... Do you know of John, or did you audition no. a bunch of people? How did it work? Oh, no, we auditioned a, a, a ton of people. Yeah, anyone, yes, anyone that I would have heard of, or don't you like to talk about that? Mm. The only guy I really remember is Warren Ham. Warren Ham plays with in uh, Ringo Starr's All Stars. Okay, uh, yeah, I thought but I knew he the wasn't, name. He, yeah, he originally came from a band called Blood Rock, I think, and stuff. We had some guys that auditioned, but. Uh, but John, John got the gig. And John has more of a, uh, and again, no offense to the rest of the guys in Kansas, but he has more of a front man look. He's, he was a very good looking mm-hmm. uh, guy, yeah. but uh, yeah. but that doesn't matter. It matters if you get along with him, like you said, and if he can sing the yeah. songs. So did you guys get along yeah. with, you obviously got along yeah. with John. Yeah, no, he was, he was, uh, he, he came into a very awkward situation. Sure. The first, you the know, first, uh, in, the first replacement he, player. Yeah. And things were, uh, shaky within the band at best. So, but he did well, and we had some great songs, and we were on MTV a lot with him. Yeah, I a mean, lot. play the so. game tonight. You got a song yeah. and a video, and that you're back on the charts at number seventeen. I saw you guys on this tour at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena with Cheap Trick opening. It was oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was good. good. And, the, and, and then, it, then it was, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and then an, uh, an, 
I mean, you guys nailed it with that song. That's uh, is that still yeah. in the set list right now? Uh, no, no, no. It doesn't mean it won't come back, but right now, right it's now, it's currently not. No. And then another song that I love on is it. Uh, it's called "Right Away." That's written with uh -huh. uh, with John and his brother Dino. That's a solid album. I really, I really dig that album it, a lot. It, it was, yeah, it was very solid, and, and and again, it being on MTV really helped. And uh, when you replace a lead singer, and then you have you continue to have success, that that's helpful yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, I think uh, Windows was on that off that album too. Yes. And it was it got a lot of MTV airplay. So again, we're on TV a lot, and that that helps. Next album, a year later, Drastic Measures. It's uh, it's yeah. not Ken Scott anymore. It's Neil Kernan, and uh -huh. the name Neil Kernan for me, he he seems like he's more of a of a heavier, you know, metal yeah. type producer. What made you guys yeah. go with him? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I have no idea. It was All right, something I think the record company suggested, and we went, yeah, okay, and we met with him, and I think we liked him because he was British or something, and and and. Uh, you know, fight fire with fire. Boy, did that explode for us.
and uh, and yeah. but and you make it. You guys make it. It's kind of a silly video. Can I say that, Phil? Is it okay? Yeah, uh, silly. You're being kind. I am being kind. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> stupid. So yeah. So anyway, but yeah, you know, people watched it, and the song, you know, a lot of people. Uh, that song was on people's you know song of the year awards mm -hmm. uh, choice type of thing. You know, best song of the year from a band was fight fire with fire and and uh, so again back on tv again and a lot of exposure but that's the last album the band did uh, uh, you know at that time period. yeah yeah and uh, another song i like when there is everybody's my friend But at this time, yeah. it's it doesn't feel like a Kansas album that much. Uh, and I know yeah. that I know that the Elefante brothers uh, they penned six of the nine songs. So yeah, were you were you guys okay with handing over the songwriting duties like that, or or did John just bring well, all these it, songs? But no, nobody hang hands over anything. Carrie mm -hmm. Lidgren, you know, Carrie was the main guy, right? And it was it was just everybody kind of had one foot out the door. Okay. And it was just had other interests, had other things going on. That's the last album we own. We owe Sony. Let's get it done and get out of here. And that's what happened. And we did. So that was not, you know, it wasn't really Carrie's fault or anything. No. It was just, we kind of all felt like we'd run the gamut. We were at the end of the race and, uh, crossed the finish line and that was that so you take a you take the longest break up until this point that you guys have had in a long time mm -hmm. and then in 86 you get signed to mca records we did and steve returns yes he does and yeah and then we get another steve we get steve morris yes. on guitar and yeah. the album is called power and you co-produced mm -hmm. this uh, what were we thinking <laughs> no but I, I yeah i did it was because again uh, we were kind of just on our own, and um, it was just one of those things I kind of just got involved and did some stuff that uh, I guess qualifies me as a co-producer, whatever that was. But, you know, it was it was something that uh, Andrew Powell, I think, was the yes, that's producer. Yes, the other guy. Of, uh, yeah, and uh, we had, you know, outside songs, uh, Can't Cry Anymore and stuff, which was back on mtv again right and you know so we had uh, all i wanted which was a another big song
top 20 did well for it. number top 19 20. so so the band is hanging in there i mean you know it's just it's not like we disappeared we had top 20 top 30 top 40 songs and a lot of air airplay on uh, on mtv so we're doing okay but it was a smoking band that band was intense it was uh, you know with morse and walsh together it was and billy greer it was and me and rich it was uh, it was a cool band yeah that's a cool, cool that's a, that's a cool lineup and um yeah what did steve what steve morse bring to the uh bring to the party not much. He's kind of a kind of a hack. <laughs> Are you kidding? What does Steve Morse, What does Steve Morse bring? I mean, God, I think he had just won for the fifth time the you know world's greatest guitarist thing, Guitar Magazine, or something something like that. And when you win it for the fifth time, you're enshrined in the world's greatest guitarist Hall of Fame or something, and and uh, just a, a really nice guy. Uh, he was a huge Kansas fan, and we were friends because we lived here in uh, Georgia together and stuff. So he, he was a, a real pleasure, and just uh, it was a lot of fun. And every night, just to be up on stage and watch that guy play, I mean, we 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 were all going, God, this is intense. I mean, it, he was just fantastic. I guess and still is. I guess a better I guess a better question, Phil, would have been how did how did you guys get Steve in the band? That would have been that would have you been know, a much better question. Okay, I've got an answer. He actually, cool. he, uh, I was at a Robert Plant concert in in uh, Atlanta, and he saw me, and I saw him, and hey man, how you doing? And he came over and he said, "I hear you guys are looking for a a, a guitar player," and because we were, and I said, "Yeah," and he goes, "I'd love to audition." Wow! And I just got go seriously, and he goes, "Yeah," I said, Steve you don't have to audition. You have the gig. <laughs> and he goes, I said, well, obviously I need to talk to Steve and Rich, but I'm pretty sure you're probably going to get the gig, you know? And so, yes, he, he came up to me and That's we were just kind of talking and he said he'd like to do it. And, and, you know, I didn't have to be asked twice. That's for sure. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was good. Cool. I love hearing stories like that. That's good. I thought you were going to yeah. say when he, when he said, I heard you guys are looking for someone. You were going to say, do you know anyone? Who do you know? You yeah. got someone for me? <laughs> yeah, we are, but not you. But <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and he and I are still, all of us are still friends. And he's still friends. Is he still in Deep Purple? He was in Deep Purple for well, a long yes. time. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's been in him for over, I think, 20, 25 years or something. That's now. crazy when yeah. St- Steve's been there longer than some of the original guys. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that happened. That happens. Yes, it does. 1988. Yeah. You guys, uh, Bob Ezrin co-produces with you guys. He does, yeah. And um, this album is on MCA again, In the Spirit of Things. Yes. And yeah. um, you guys use out, some Ezrin. outside writers again, because that's what happened mm-hmm. in the 80s, you know? It did. Everybody had outside writers, yeah. You had to reinvent yourself. You had that big 80s production, yeah. and you had to yeah. You had to keep going. So all you, you yeah. know, again, Heart, Cheap Trick, all these bands had to uh, had, had their to biggest pivot. hits lots of times were yeah. outside songwriters and you, and you had to pivot and and that's what you did and and, and yeah. it worked um yeah and the single was uh stand beside me i can feel someone here in the air tonight waiting alone inside for survival On a neon sign, bright of my life tonight. 
Mm-hmm. Are you guys are you guys chasing hits at this point? Is the record company are, no, are they the, bringing the songs to you? Is, they're demanding it, but they have an interesting approach. You know, they sit there with you and you go, "We really like the album, but you haven't given us anything to play on radio." Gotcha. So we need some tools. You've got to give us something because if this album dumps, you know, it's because we don't have anything. Well, for in the spirit of things, we got done with the record. And uh, it was a very, very expensive album, very expensive, recorded for months and months out in L.A. Okay. Uh, with Bob Ezrin, who's, you know, not, not cheap. No. And, um, and worth every penny, by the way. But it was the kind of thing that um, after the album was done, uh, Kansas with MCA, we were dropped by MCA. The album was dropped. It wasn't going to come out, or if it was, very limited promotion. Yeah. They were going with Tiffany. Okay. And we looked at each other. I mean, wait a minute. Kansas just did an album with Bob Ezra. Yes, but we're going with Tiffany. We think that's that's the music of the future. They also dropped Glenn Fry's album, Rest His Soul, and also they dropped Elton John's album. Elton John, Glenn Fry in Kansas in one fell swoop. That's insane. For and, Tiffany. But they picked up they picked up Tiffany. So well, that gives you kind of an idea yeah. of the of the you know the sign yeah. of the times for yeah. sure. So they got to ride that Tiffany wave for six oh, months. Oh, all the way through the malls, all yeah. the places she played. I mean, it was fantastic. Can you imagine being the guy at MCA that gets to call Elton John no, and his manager? I don't want that job. Time. I don't want to yeah. do that. I'm sure they were drawing straws. Who gets to call Elton's, you know, we're not going with it. We didn't like it. So from, yeah, that was it. So from 88 to 95, because 95 is when the next album comes out. Are you guys on a break or are you guys, because I don't remember, are you guys still touring? That is what we refer to as the dark years. Okay. We, We came out of that with no manager. That was at the time with no manager, no booking agency, mm-hmm. and no record label. For the first time, Kansas has no foundation on which to, other than touring. Yeah. So we get in a bus and we tour for year after year. After, I mean, we never go home. I mean, we just tour. I mean, we were out for on one run for 14 months. For 14 months. And of course, a lot of bands go... Well, that's nothing. Well, for us, that was that's a that long haul. A yeah, and um, are you enjoying just, it at that time, or is it just necessity? Yeah, well, ish, mm-hmm. ish. We're kind of enjoying it. We're starting because again, all the classic rock bands are starting to drop. Yeah. Us, Sticks, Journey, Boston, Foreigner, mm-hmm. Ario. I mean, everybody is sliding because our music now isn't even on radio because classic rock hasn't hit yet. Right. There's no classic rock radio. So even our old songs aren't being played. So we're out there and yeah, I mean, we played some clubs, you know, we played some smaller places. We played some auditoriums and stuff, but it wasn't the same money. It wasn't all the bands were sliding off the face of the earth. And then all of a sudden classic or the baby boomers stand up and go, we want our music back on the radio boom you know so now we're back (laughs) and you know what's here's the thing and now 
you all the bands you named, you guys are all back. And every yeah. every summer or every fall, yeah. these yeah. package tours are together. And they kill. They just kill. Yeah. And my friends that were like all in on 90s music, and now those bands, most of them are not around. I right. I get to laugh at them and say, look, look whose music is still played on yes. commercials and at sporting yes. events and, and at yeah. all these things. They go, the music I love that you guys used to make fun of because I mm -hmm. loved it, it, that's that's America's music as far as I'm concerned. It is. Yeah, it, it has a... It's amazing that those bands, that everything happened like that. And that even includes the, the British prog bands. That includes Yes and, and Genesis and EOP yeah. and stuff like that. You know, their music is still gigantic, even though the, the, the bands are different incarnations. Well, you know, that's true with just about every band. Right. You know, just, just about every band except maybe Aerosmith. Um, most of the bands have gone through you know, changes, lineup changes, and sure. personnel. See, the thing and, is uh, in, in 2021, we'll say 2021, Kansas can put together a tour and bring in whoever's going to be on that tour with you. And, um, yeah. and you pretty much know that it, it's going to be a successful tour because people want, yeah. want to see you guys and yeah. hear this music. And it's not only, you know, your generation, but it's your kids. Right. And as you get older, it'll probably be your kids, kids. It'll be your grandchildren. I mean, we're seeing thanks to supernatural, which has blown Wayward Son, you know, for the last 13 seasons <laughs> yes. across television and around the world. Wayward Son is of a magnitude that uh, is beyond a lot of really, really big songs because of Supernatural. I would assume, yeah, I, I would assume, and I haven't checked, but maybe you know, I would assume that's one of the top downloaded or streamed songs, like right up there with um, Don't Stop Believing. Oh, sure. oh easily. Um, yeah, Stairway to Heaven. You know, Rush songs and yeah. stuff. It, it's it's equally as big, yes. And it's interesting because we played Comic-Con um, for Supernatural. They invited us out oh, there. Oh, how great is that? Yeah, well, they didn't tell the fans oh my God. that we were going to be there. So between one of the conferences, we snuck up there on stage. There's 8,000 Supernatural fans in front of us. 8,000. <laughs> and they got these big screens and the guys from Supernatural are going, let's pop in this cassette and listen let's listen to one of the best songs of all time they put in the cassette and i go doom 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 pat and into waywards at that place wow. zach said it best zach's our guitar player said for just about 10 seconds i knew what it was like to be in the beatles <laughs> i mean those i'm sure were, i mean okay and again what's even odder uh and that's you know odd not ott odd what's even odder is they didn't know who we were they just know the song they just know the they song they don't know who it's by they just they googled carry on wayward son go to youtube whatever and they listened to it and and so they don't know who's in the original band they don't even know what the original band is and um and over over time, of course, since it's, it's they've been on, it's been on for thirteen seasons yeah. now. They know it's it is Kansas, it is, so yeah. it uh, it has done wonders for us for thirteen years of heavy television rotation. It's um, that's the it's best advertising great. you can get. No, there's none better. Now th that none crowd, better, none better than a theme song. I'll tell you, that crowd at Comic Con is bigger than some of the crowds you play to during what you oh. called the dark days. Oh, a lot bigger. And you yeah. only and you only had to do one song. <laughs> yeah, just one song, just that, one song. So it's uh, we've been very fortunate. 
So I've been very fortunate. Yes. Ninety-five Freaks of Nature. Jeff Glixman comes back. Uh, mm-hmm. How did how did you guys? Because after after those uh, those big those two big albums with Jeff Glixman, I would just assume you wanted to work with him all the time. It it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. How was it when you guys got back together for Freaks of Nature? That's great. Was it like it was like old times? You guys, yeah, connected and and gelled. It 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 always it always has been, but at that particular time, it just it just didn't work out uh, for our schedules to meet up and every. He was Mm -hmm. off doing his thing, and we were doing our thing, and it just so we worked with other people, and that's fine. But yeah, um, Freaks of Nature was recorded in Trinidad, so uh, that was a bit. uh, That that's still part of the dark ages for us, the dark times. Is freaks of nature. We're still in the, what are we? What are we doing? Type of yeah. Thing. Well, that's nine. That's mid nineties. So you know, grunge yeah. is still around. And yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But great song. There's some great tracks on here, including the oh, title it's, track. It's, it's, it's a butt kicking record. Yep. It really yep. is. It- Yeah, there was no place for us to go and yeah it's hard when out. you're yeah it's hard when you're making music and then there's no yeah. outlet for it on radio yeah. and then when yeah. you do tour you know how many of this uh, how many new tracks can you throw in that people are going to accept no, very it's few. difficult so that's yeah. weird that the you have you've recorded songs that you you probably maybe forget even how to play them because you've never played them oh, live oh yeah count on it yeah count on it then let's jump ahead to 2000 somewhere to elsewhere Mm -hmm. and this is a this is a full-on reunion album all the guys there's one there's there's one other album that you should i did skip always never the same yes and that's uh that that is that is one of the all-time achievements for us for two reasons and phil i skipped that that's the one i skip over I'm looking That's at my okay. list. I'm like, I'll just go no, to, no, I'll no, just jump it, from it, 95, it's, but okay. I'm glad you're bringing it, it up. There's, there's, there's two things about it that have nothing to do with the music. Okay. One, Abbey Road to the London Symphony Orchestra. That's a big now, deal. I guarantee you that very few bands in the world can say that they've recorded at Abbey Road Studios and recorded with the London Symphony Orchestra. Now, at the time, we didn't think, you know, this is great. This is we went over there, and our record company was paying paying for everything. Some of the songs that were written, some of the newer songs, probably didn't fit well with the orchestra. There's probably some, but there's there's some really cool stuff in that album because of Abbey Road and because of the London Symphony Orchestra. Watching the 
the stay off of this old town. They say misery loves company. Ain't there something else we can share? Are you still there? Do you still care? That's all I really need to know. And that's it. You know, the band played well and glad to have some songs on there and stuff. And, and, and a lot of them that were, you know, dust in the wind and things like that. But it's just something that um, it's it's a very unique album for a rock band to be able to do what we did at, at that studio at that time. It wasn't in our heyday. Right. You know, this was many years later. And to be able to go to Abbey Road Studios, where we stood where the Beatles stood. Road Studios is the oldest permanent recording studio in the world. It was the first permanent. Most recordings were done with with uh, what you might call mobile things. They would take the recording unit down to a church and record churches and stuff. Abbey Road, they won't even let you move the baffles in there. You can't move the risers. The sound is so tuned that when you go in there, you can't move anything. It's perfection. And, and you look up, you look over at the art at the orchestra, and one of the engineers said, "You see that guy there? Yeah, that's the piccolo player for the piccolo trumpet in uh, in Penny Lane." Oh my God, Penny Lane! You know, yeah. That's the guy that played it, and you're just going, "Oh my gosh!" And you see that staircase, right? Yeah, that's where the Beatles took that picture on that staircase. They're standing, they're sitting. Oh my, you know. It, it was incredible that we got to go there and got to play and got to do what we did and, and let alone have the LSO there and and um, have them on our album. So that's just something that I wanted to mention because it's well, I'm glad you did kind of different than it's kind of an inside story there that that most bands aren't going to have. And that's fine. Well, and, and we didn't get it because we were so much more special. Believe me, <laughs> it was we wanted to do a symphony album with Kansas and we could get the LSO a lot cheaper than we could get the Atlanta Symphony. So our, our label said, 
like it's, it's cheaper to send everybody over there. And let's you said, okay, let's do it. do it in Atlanta. So we did. I'm glad we did. Well, first of all, Phil, cool. I'm, I'm going to beat myself up about uh, the Steve Morse question. And I'm going to beat myself up about uh, trying to bypass this album. So I just want you to know that I'm going to lose some sleep <laughs> you know, tonight. Dude, um, dude there, there's an awful lot of history with this band. So don't beat yourself. Is, uh, that's probably some things I've skipped over is, that I haven't, that I don't even remember. So don't worry about it. Is there a specific track from this uh, album that uh, is a that turned out, uh, you know, stellar that you enjoy. What what album are we on? Oh, and always never the same. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Is there a specific track from that one that stands oh, out for sorry. you? I'm sorry, I thought you, you were going to tell me. Oh no, no, one. I was asking for your your specific. Um, no, no, okay, you liked it all, no, no. and you know because you yeah. guys because you guys incorporate head strings in your music, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a, like a wild leap for you guys to record. Well, it seems like a natural that album. Yeah. The reason we made that album is so that we'd have an album to send to all the symphonies in the United States, oh, okay. including the universities. Gotcha. And we played about, I think we played 30 or 40 universities with the students. And we've played, I think up to 40 or 50 city um, citywide. So you guys um, come into town and that's the symphony that's going to join you on stage for that night. Yes, it is. Excellent. Mm -hmm. um, the now, greatest one of all, the greatest one of all was playing in constitution hall with the U S army orchestra. We're the, we're the only band um, that has ever been invited by the U S army orchestra, which was called Pershing zone. that general Pershing formed in world war one. That orchestra are the, are the ones that play with the caissons and all the soldiers that have passed at Ar Arlington National Cemetery. And that orchestra invited Kansas to come play with them. And at that time, that was the only rock band that had ever been asked over since World War I to play with the U.S. Army. So this is just kind of behind the scenes yeah. stuff that, you know, I'm proud of. I love that you're not jaded and that you still have these memories of specific things that still uh, fill you with excitement. Because as you're as you're recounting them for me, I can hear it in your voice that these, well, these it's were a important big things. Deal. Yeah, it it's is a big deal. I agree. You know, it, it it's it is a big deal that Kansas. Uh, you know, you, you got to remember the first time you saw us was on the back of that album cover. Yeah, the Ranch Hands. <laughs> Those are the same guys. Uh -huh. um, you know, are the same band. I mean, that's the same band. Yeah. That's that's ended up in, you know, going to Abbey Road and going to Constitution Hall on Veterans Day and playing with that orchestra. I mean, you know, and the next day they gave us a private tour of Arlington National Cemetery. It's a thrill. I mean, come on. That that just doesn't happen with everybody, you know, so it, it's we're we're very fortunate. And those things, you know, mean a lot to us. And and again, lots of times that's backstory that a lot of people will never hear. And and that's fine. Well, it may not mean that much to them, but it does to us. You know? The fans like to know that, and I, and I thank you for sharing stuff like that with me. I want to sure. I want to ask you when you're at Abbey Road, did you guys did you guys do what everyone does? Did you walk across the street and take that picture, or did you really? Or did you hold back? You have to, you're going to ask us that. This I mean, is another question you're going to feel badly about <laughs> tomorrow tonight when you try to go to bed. Why did I ask right now? You know what I'm wearing. I'm wearing an Abbey Road T-shirt. It's my favorite Beatles album. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. Well, anyway, yes, we did. I okay. don't know if we got pictures because we were all there at different times. Right. But uh, yeah, hey, we, I, uh, when, when I was there, was I did it. Deal. Yeah, I did it too. Everyone does it. You have to. It's a it, it's a rite of passage. Yeah. All right. Two thousand one. Yeah. I mean, not two thousand one. Yeah. Two thousand somewhere to elsewhere. 
it's a full reunion album. Carrie Livgren yeah. writes yeah. all the songs. Yeah. What cool. was what was, was really cool. Yeah, I mean, was it like old times when you guys all got back together? No. no. No, not even close. Okay. It was a lot better. <laughs> oh, okay. Yay. Okay. Was, yeah. You know, there was no stress. There was no, um, it was a lot of fun. Carrie's got his studio out and uh, I won't say it's a barn. It, it's a large building on a farm. Sure. So it could be mistaken, but it was, a, it's a really nice studio and, and uh, being back in Topeka and, and uh, Robbie was there and Dave was there and uh, Billy Greer was there and uh, Steve was working on a solo album. So he was doing his vocals in Atlanta and then send sending them to us. And of course, Rich was there and it was just, um, it had a bit of old home week, but it was even better. Excellent. It and was even better because everybody was just, it was a lot of fun. And Carrie just wrote some great stuff. And Lights are on and nobody's home. We're gone from color to monochrome. Like some faded fool. We, we had a blast. We just had a freaking blast. And I think I've mentioned everybody it was, I mentioned Dave Hope. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was, uh, it was, it was cool. It was really cool. And the, uh, you guys toured with this album Did everyone tours or did everyone tour? No. no, no, we, we did do some songs off of it, but it was not with that band. Okay. That was just a, a studio band that was put together to do that album. Okay, cool. And, and that was that. Yeah. All right. Well, that basically brings us to the whole way up to, I mean, 16 years between albums. Um, Good, because my voice is running out. You're done. Okay, Steve. Uh, Steve. No, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm just <laughs> starting to get a little frazzled. We're, 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 we're almost done. And Phil, thank you so much for giving me this time today. You've been uh, very oh, generous. Sure. And no, well, this, thank you. Thank you. The stories you're telling are amazing. And uh, so 16 years, then you get the prelude implicit first new music yeah. in 16 years. Yeah. How did you guys decide that that was the time to record a new album, 2016? Well, an offer came to us uh, from um, Inside Out, and Thomas uh, Weber, the president there, the CEO, uh, made us an offer to make uh, a couple albums uh, with this band, with, with the band that's on both of those. And, uh, and we thought, this is great. We, you know, writing new stuff is important. I just don't want this band to be a jukebox. Right. And just do nothing but regurgitate every night. Yeah, we play a lot of the hits. We play a lot of uh, album cuts. But we, you have to be creative or you become stagnant. You know, you become bored. And it's the kind of thing that writing new material for Kansas was has always been very important. So that's kind of what drove it with his offer. And... Um, They've been incredibly uh, supportive, and and it's it's been great. So, again, as you said earlier, it's very rare, lots of times, to have 
you know, labels that want to work with bands uh, like ours and thinking that all, all your all your good music was written a long time ago and anything you're going to have now is going to suck. Well, I don't you know, I think our fans would tell you that's not the case. Right. And I agree. We've been very fortunate. We've been very fortunate. So. So, yeah, that it kind of this the decision was made on its own. The prelude implicit and the absence of presence. These are these are nice. Uh, these are nice albums to listen to back to back. They really they, you can really, you know, feel what you guys are, are going for now with Kansas, yeah. you know, in the 2000s. Yeah. And um, it works. Yeah, it, it works. really does work. it works and and uh we're planning to stay with it and and um but I, w I wanted to thank you thank you for your time and and uh you went you covered a lot of stuff and you got some stories out of me that i have i'm not sure i've ever told oh so. that, now have so you that's have you done a podcast before phil have you been on podcasts i never have no this is your first podcast i think it is i think uh, like this you know i okay. think i've done one or two where i've where it's been like maybe 10 minutes long or something mm -hmm. or 15, and, and, uh, uh, I think I've done some that are university based, Gotcha. you know, for some schools and stuff and, uh, very, uh, surfacey, uh, not, nothing of this, nothing of this depth. Excellent. Well, and, and so I've never done anyone, anything like this. So it's been great. Well, I thank you so much, Phil. I, uh, I really, uh, I really worked hard to get you on the show and I'm glad that, uh, you seem like you had fun, so I'm glad. And uh, I did. It, it was an did. honor to talk to you. I have when this uh, when this episode drops in two weeks, Phil. I'll I'll have edited song clips in to the episode, okay. and I always Great. do a playout song. So I want to ask okay, well, you. Don't, go ahead. Well, don't leave out the don't leave out those stupid questions. I'm, no, no. no I, look, everyone knows I, I don't leave out the stupid <laughs> questions because that, that's what that's Steve, that's Steve Morse when it, it, it's great. That, that's <laughs> look, that's uh, that's what makes no, that's what makes them great. That's, that's what, what makes, makes the, that's great. what makes the show the show. It's human. It's but, human. Yes. But I wanted I to ask you. Yes. What what song from the absence of presence would you like me to use as our playout song? Oh, easily. It's uh, throwing mountains, throwing mountains. Song. Yeah. All right, but it's a butt kicking song. It's uh, that's the one song we want to get back on the road and play, and that one would be uh, that that would be a great ending song. Yes. All right, then you got it, Phil. Uh, that's all right, that's Thank all for me. You take care, right. stay safe, healthy, and well, and hopefully and, we and you... maybe maybe we'll meet someday. Who knows? Well, look, if you don't think the next time you come to the Los Angeles area that I'm not going to try to get in contact with you and meet you, you're crazy. I'm definitely going to do that. Don't you? Don't I know somebody that's related to you or something? Or I don't think so, but okay. But oh no, no, no. We have yes, we. Uh, my wife has has. Uh, 
a friend of a friend. That's the connection. That's how I was able to get you yeah. on the show. Okay. All right. Well, but whatever so, it was, it worked out and I'm glad I did it. So, so well, thank you. thank you, Phil. And I'll definitely uh, be tracking you down when you're in Los Angeles and, and you take care and that's you the too. show. Thank you so much. All right, man. All the best. See you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that's our show. And very exciting talking to Phil Ehard from Kansas, especially when he told me that this is the first podcast he ever did. So I'm excited. I hope I didn't blow it for other podcasts. And at the same time, I hope he never does another podcast. <laughs> I want to thank Paul Travers and Natalie Schaefer for hooking me up with Phil. I've been working on this for a long time, and it was definitely worth the wait. I want you guys to go out and definitely purchase the new Kansas album, The Absence of Presence. I want you to follow us on Twitter at Rock Solid Show. I want you to follow Kyle at Kyle Dotson Funny. I want you to go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. And I want you to go to patreon.com forward slash rocksolidpodcast and, uh, and support the show. And with that, here's the playout song from Absence of Presence. This is Throwing Mountains.